Hey guys, welcome to the Simplify Your Life podcast. It's Coach Simona and I'm glad you decided to tune in. What's up everyone? In today's podcast episode, we have a very special guest, America's leading midlife dating coach, Jonathan Asley. After losing his 19-year-old son, Connor, in 2018, Jonathan Asley's grief led him on a soul-searching inner journey, where he became aware of an often-overlooked dimension of the dating conversation. He realized that the process of dating reveals the most common emotional health issues faced by many singles, a distressing lack of self-worth, self-regard, and self-love. Today, he is on a mission of encouraging both men and women to truly love themselves with a new book, What the Heck is Self-Love Anyway? Packed with fun, engaging spiritual and personal growth practices, and his Midlife Love Mastery Mentorship Program that inspires hundreds of people daily. Welcome, Jonathan Asley. Hi, Jonathan. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, I'm honored to be your guest. Thank you so much. First, I want to say that I'm a huge fan of your work, and I'm really excited to have you here. Can you tell me a little bit more about your journey? How did you decide to become a coach? Oh, thank you. So, um, well, my, my journey is kind of unique, or at least I think it is for me. Um, after turning 40 and going through a divorce uh, back in 2005, I found myself out single again. And I thought, and there was this thing called internet dating, which was relatively new back then. Mm-hmm. And I thought you could easily punch in exactly what you want and someone would magically appear. <laughs> and I'll, I'll never forget, I had a, you know, I'll never forget my first internet date. We had, she was lovely. We had a nice time, but something wasn't right. And then like a couple days later, I had another inner date, lovely person, really good time. Something wasn't right. Had another one, another one, another one. And in one year I had over a hundred internet dates. Well, that's a lot. And I, yeah, it was, and I realized, <laughs> and I realized that something was right was me. But what was interesting was I wasn't just dating. A lot of times I was just talking to women, hearing them share their dating experiences. And I was like up sometimes two, three, four, five, six, seven hours a night talking to a variety of different women through instant message and telephone calls. And after a while they would, we would develop friendships and they would ask me advice about men. Mm-hmm. and. And after a while, everyone, like a year later, like I said, I had people saying, you should write a book about online dating. You should write a book about online dating. And then I wrote a book about online dating. Help, it was basically to help women both how to create a better profile and how to understand you know, divorced men who are out there dating. And my career was birthed. That's a really interesting story, actually. I think that it's pretty unique as well. Yeah, I had no idea I was going down this road uh, at the time. So you've helped many women understand men better and create the relationship of their dreams. Yeah. What is the number one mistake women make when it comes to choosing the right partner for them? You know, I'm, what I'm going to say is probably not going to sound logical, and yet it feels so true. Um, I think the number one mistake, and and there isn't, you know, it's not just one, it's multiple things, but this is the one that stands out the most is that they really don't truly know themselves. Mm. And what I mean to say, know themselves from the perspective of, 
really what would make a good partner for them from a compatibility perspective. And so when it because and oftentimes one of the biggest complaints women have is they have the wrong picker. They, they pick the wrong men. That's what they're oftentimes their complaint is. And yet they're picking men that goes against what's compatible for them. So when, you know, it's interesting because when you think of what the job of a matchmaker is supposed to do, a matchmaker is supposed to put people together that are compatible with one another. And it's not based on chemistry. It's based on do their lifestyles fit? Do they share the same values? And here's the tricky part. Are they both an emotional grown up? This is the trickiest part of all because wow, that is so true. Yeah, and while every person, every human being thinks they're emotional grown up, the reality is, is once you get in relationship with someone, that really defines whether or not they're grown. And why I say grown up because men are often criticized for being emotionally unavailable. And as I say this in the recording, my fingers are doing the quotes. Um, it's it's the the issue isn't men are mostly unavailable. The issue is who's a grown up, and what it means by being a grown up is do their actions match their words? You know, when some some someone says something, do their actions follow up? Mm-hmm. And then here's the other critical piece: do they take responsibility, personal responsibility for their choices? And what I'm and so. Oftentimes, many people blame the other person. They're constantly in victim consciousness. In other words, it was always my ex-wife's or my ex-husband's fault, or it was my ex-girlfriend or my ex-boyfriend's fault of why the relationship ends. A grown-up takes ownership on their part of the ending of a relationship. I completely agree. Taking responsibility is so important in a relationship. Exactly. So that's kind of a broad view of that question. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, That leads me to my next question. Many of our podcast listeners will probably recognize you from the book, What the Heck is Self-Love Anyway? So what inspired you to write it? Well, I'll be candid with you. And for those listening, it's going to get a little sad here for a moment. Um, In um, July of 2018, I lost my 19-year-old son. And in the midst of my grief, um, literally within two months, I felt this strong calling. I mean, literally, he was calling me to write a book based on blog. I'd been writing blogs called Self-Love Means Blank. I'd written like 20 or 30 blogs about self-love. And then literally two months today, I feel this strong calling to put that into a book. And Nine months after the day he passed, I published it on Amazon. And uh, within a few weeks, it was a bestseller, which I'm very proud of. Um, and it's a designed, and he's in the book a little bit. I mean, there's a couple stories about him, but it's not about mm-hmm. gr- grief or death or anything like that. It was the inspiration of his, his life in a way to help me, to give me the courage to write it. The book is about, is really about how to learn how to love oneself and really discover who you are from the inside out. And so it takes you on a journey, uh, which I encourage at the end to do personal development, self-help and spirituality as a daily practice. So that when something like a tragedy happened, like what happened with my son, I was better prepared for 
impending chaos, if you will. So I call it a vaccination of chaos. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and that's what um, it both inspired me and what the a little bit about what the book's about. I mean, there's more to it, but that gives you a gist of it. I just quickly want to say that I'm so, so sorry for your loss. And mm. I just want to ask you, how did you cope with your grief? Mm, thank you. So, yeah, it's interesting. And thank you again. I really appreciate that. Um, I, a couple things. And, and it, it started with, I had just started doing some, I'll say not research, but I started to really, I, I, interesting enough, before he passed, I was doing a lot of work uh, from a spiritual perspective about death and the idea of heaven and spirits and how we are innately energetic love. Like we are innately energetic love. And then we we're surrounded by this personality, which has all these flaws, but innately we are perfectly in, you know, loving beings. Our soul is love. I love that. And so, yeah. So, um, this is one of the reasons why, you know, just real quickly, the off subject, but you, a person might have a terrible personality, but you find things to love about them. That is because every soul is beautiful and loving. So we all have pieces of it. It's just wrapped up in a lot of personality that's got shit all over it, so to speak. And please forgive the language. <laughs> so I started to believe. So I and so as the days after he passed, I started to really lean into his spirit is 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 still here. His love is still here. It's just his mortal body isn't here. So then I made a conscious choice. I'll never forget. It was about two weeks. It was right after the funeral mm-hmm. and I had given his eulogy and I said, I'm going to grieve with love. I'm going to grieve with love. I kept saying it over and over. I'm going to grieve with love. And what that meant was to truly honor my son suffering would be so against what he would want. I would dishonor him if I chose suffering as my path. So you can grieve with suffering or you can grieve with love. Now, let me just say, this didn't mean that I didn't get angry and I was in denial and there was a, you know, I went through the stages of grief. And, and even still today, there are times when um, the memory of him pops up and it's like a punch in the gut. That's what it feels like. But that punch in the gut goes away because I choose to honor him by grieving through love. And I know that it's, it's kind of like I, I put my mindset there. It brings me peace and joy because love is a powerful force. If when one allows themselves to step into it. And so many people grieve through suffering. They choose, I'm going to suffer this. I'm going to be a victim. I want to, and, by the way, now one thing is was fascinating to me. When he passed away, when he passed away, I did a post on Facebook. I think it was seven days, or it was three days, or four days after um, letting my community know. I had uh, thousands of comments, and the love that was coming through the screen—not just in virtual, but in the real world. It's like you're wrapped in a blanket of love because, you know, there, this touches people's soul, you know, when, when, especially when a child dies, because it goes against the natural order of things. And for months I'm surrounded with love. And then little by little, that love starts to disappear because their people are going about their daily lives. So there's this, there's a period where you get lots of love and then there's an empty period. Yeah. 
You have to deal and with it on your own. Yeah. Yes. And then you that's when I really leaned into grieving with love. That was absolutely beautiful and, and moving. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that. Thank you. That leads me to my next question, actually. Can you give our podcast listeners a piece of advice when it comes to choosing love over your ego? How can they live life out of love and not out of fear? Oh, <laughs> we could be on this podcast for hours right now. I know, right? <laughs> so, so let's think about, so ego, you know, there, we, you know, ego has a healthy component of ego and that's that part of us that gives us drive and ambition and things like that. So there's, but, and yet ego is still about self. Mm -hmm. Okay. And even, you know, so, and we'll differentiate between the ego and fear because fear is like, fear is always future based. Okay. There's, Fear is always something's going to happen in the future and you're experiencing it now. Whereas ego is all about like ego is, I have to be right. Okay. So let's look at it from those two perspectives. And so, um, you know, an ego views life in right or wrong because wrong is where judgment comes and guilt comes and, and whether it's judgment towards other people or it might be judging ourselves. Okay. This is where the ego really, it, it kind of fucks with us. It's a trickster in our life mm -hmm. to take us out of the loving. So, and what's fascinating about judgment is that we are doing it all the time. We're judging things, you know, whether it's the, you know, the person that cut you off in traffic or someone at the grocery store, or maybe it might be people that you socialize with, or it might be someone you're interacting with on social media. We're constantly judging. And oftentimes it's negative judgment. Mm -hmm. So, and, and certainly if we feel like someone wronged us, we're definitely most likely going to judge them. Love accepts everything exactly the way it is. Love says, whatever's happened, I'm going to accept it the way it is. And I'm going to find the, I'm going to find love in everything that happens good or bad. I don't know, but I'm going to find the love. And I know this is sounds like, yeah, right. Jonathan, I'm sure some people are listening, right? <laughs> Believe it or not, you can train yourself to do this. You can train and, and not, I'm not saying you do this indefinitely, but you know, there was a guy a couple thousand years ago that did this, you know, um, <laughs> he was crucified for it, but he was able to do this. Yeah. Love is a choice. Yeah. And there's certainly, you know, Gandhi, mother Teresa, my favorite is Mr. Rogers. He found a way to both share, you know, he, he found a way to take on tough subjects and find a way to express love in a most beautiful way. And so it's, Now, here's the tricky part. It's having the awareness around this, the awareness that when we're either judging, and again, from a negative perspective, someone else or even ourselves, you go, wait a minute, that's not what I want to do. And that mm -hmm. takes awareness. And that's even a practice, you know, that's almost harder than just, because you can step into love is your, you know, um, the real miracle in life is when you choose love over ego and fear. That's a miracle. Yeah, absolutely. Agree. So it takes, a, but it takes the awareness to shift to the miracle. Mm -hmm. And do you have a favorite self-awareness practice? Um, wow. I'm trying to, you know, only because you said favorite and, and, and I, I guess 
I've incorporated them so much into my life that I almost don't even think about them as much <laughs> don't anymore. Even think about them yet. Well, and what I mean to say is my practice is is okay. My practice is reading self-help books. My practice is watching self-help videos. My practice is listening to podcasts like yours. My Thank practice you. is that you're welcome. Um, my pra- practice is, um, you know, is really learning because I think one of the greatest gifts when we learn, we are stepping into love. And, and so, um, learning leads to happiness because when you learn something new and then you begin to teach it to others, you're actually, it's, it's fascinating because we often, many people don't think about this, but when you like, when you learn something, you go, wow, I just learned something. Let me tell my friend what I learned. You feel good about yourself, right? Yeah. So that is a beautiful act of love. So learning about yourself, I'm on a journey of self-discovery and, and let me rewind for a second. There's this, I remember growing up in my 20, you know, teens and twenties, they used to, something was called midlife crisis. When you turn 40, <laughs> you would have what's called a midlife crisis. And many, back then it used to be the guys would buy a Corvette. And honestly, I don't know what the women would do, but midlife crisis crazy. <laughs> was real. Yeah. Go crazy. <laughs> well, we men think you're that way all the time. And I'm just saying that as a joke. Of course. Um, <laughs> So, so, but think about it. Midlife crisis is really the, the asking yourself, who am I? Why am I here? What's this all for? When one asks those questions, who am I? Mm-hmm. Why am I here? What's this all for? And start to learn about that through personal development, self-help and spirituality and invest a minimum of 15 minutes a day and I recommend an hour. And that includes maybe meditation. That might mean um, walks in nature, listening to an audio book or something like that. That will enrich your soul. And remember I said earlier, remember you asked me about the number one issue for women? They don't know themselves. Yes. Well, that's what this is about. So my client, so even though I'm a dating relationship coach, much of it is all centered around uh, personal development. So when a, when a client comes to me and goes through my coaching program, and what's fascinating is um, I always have them describe their ideal relationship before they start working with me. And they write out like two or three or four paragraphs. And then they go through my program and I have them rewrite that after they've gone through my program. And all of them literally say the same thing. I mean, every single client says the same thing. Gosh, Jonathan, I wished I learned that years ago. I wish I learned that 10 years ago. I wished I learned that before I got married. And so they come out of it with clarity. And so one of the first things I do, and I'm going to share this with your audience, I recommend my favorite book beside my own book. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) (laughs) I recommend the book called The Untethered Soul by Michael Singer. The Untethered Soul by Michael Singer. Mm-hmm. And it really helps you learn how to talk to the voices in your head. We all have voices in our head. And so this is my description. And by the way, for everyone listening, if you actually go on Amazon right now and buy it, and I don't get any money for this, is read only one chapter a day. It's 19 chapters. It'll take you 19 days because mm-hmm. you want to let it sink in. And I promise you, you are going to feel better after this. And you've learned something. And tell your friends about it. 
I actually haven't read it, so thank you for the recommendation. It's the best one ever. <laughs> and while we're on the topic of learning, what is the greatest relationship lesson you've learned so far? Oh, wow. A big question, you know what right? Comes to mind? <laughs> yeah, you know, it's interesting. What came to mind was, um, so when I was married, I was clueless. And most everybody is rather clueless in their 20s. Yeah. And then I became a dating and relationship coach. And I began a relationship with a marriage and family therapist. So two people, you know, so she was a doctor, I'm a coach. I mean, we, you know, it was interesting because we would process everything yeah. when we were. So we went through, we were together for six years. Um, we went through two, three breakups during that time. Um, and I'm not saying I'm proud of any of this. I'm just saying this was the dynamic we have now since have become very dear friends. We're family to one another. In fact, she was so supportive when my son passed away. When we first broke up, I literally thought I was going to die. I mean, I literally thought my world came to an end. <laughs> and I mean, I was crying. I was, I mean, the anxiety I felt could have like, it was like a blender. It could have stirred, you know, ice <laughs> and made it, you know, would have made it, you know, uh, shave ice shavings. That's how much anxiety I was feeling. But I got through it. And then the next time we went through another one and I got through it. And the next one I got through it. And what I learned about myself is that no matter what, I can get through anything. And so, so the experience, because, and it wasn't about getting back together. It wasn't about, oh, I, you know, uh, we just had a breakup. We'll get back together. It was that I'm going to be okay no matter what. That was amazing. And so we can get through anything. If I can get through the loss of a child, which I thought would be the worst thing that ever happened to me and reach a point in my life right now, and it's been 15, 16 months since he's passed. And I want to say I'm thriving. I'm actually, I, I have bad days. I'm sad, but my life is thriving because I'm choosing. I said, I grieve with love and what a powerful force. Yeah. But what it's, what I'm really doing is I'm loving myself. And when you begin to really love yourself more than, and you know, when you're turning that love inward, you become a powerful force for the outward. And I get emails all the time. Jonathan, thank you for changing my life. Jonathan, thank you for that love and support because I'm choosing love as the vehicle to heal myself and the world. Wow, that was, that was amazing. Now, where can our podcast listeners learn more about your work and connect with you? Oh, well, thank you. Well, a couple things you could type in, you know, what the heck is self-love anyway, and it's on Amazon. Mm -hmm. And if, for those who are listening, if you do buy my book, please write a review. I'd be honored. Um, but my website is jonathanaslay.com. You can put me in Google. Uh, you can even misspell it. Most likely it'll come up. There's thousands of hits and you can go to my website and join my, um, my mailing list and, and my mailing list. I, I put out a you know, I'm bragging now for a second, but I feel like I put out <laughs> a lot of good content and, and for the women, I have an amazing monthly mentorship program that literally only costs a cup of coffee Ooh, a day. That's wonderful. Um, and not, not, not Starbucks coffee. I'm talking about the coffee you make at home for 30 cents. Uh, <laughs> and, 
And for that, I have a, uh, I have a Facebook group where I shoot videos every day. We do a monthly call where you can ask me questions directly. And there's a library of over a hundred videos I shot where it covers, um, the one yesterday was called when it comes to men, Mm -hmm. feelings aren't facts. And I shoot short videos to help you understand men, understand relationship and find that love within yourself. Jonathan, I just want to say that I really enjoyed talking to you. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here today. And I'm looking forward to having more conversations together. Oh, likewise. Thanks so much. And can I give you a big, gigantic Jonathan Bear hug? Yes, thank you. (laughs) Oh, you're welcome. And here's one from me. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for listening. If you like this podcast episode, please like it. And subscribe to my channel if you don't want to miss out on my weekly podcast episodes. Please let me know in the comments below who do you want me to interview next on the podcast. I love you guys and I will talk to you in the next one.